Hi there! Welcome to Episode 7 of the Waveback Music Podcast. Today's game is Iron Sword Wizards and Warriors 2 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Enjoy! Hello again, this is the Waveback Music Podcast, a show where we listen to and reminisce about some of the best video game music there is. My name is Chris, and I'm your host. Tonight we're heading back to the NES for a soundtrack that stands out as one of the very best on the platform. You may experience feelings of long, flowy blonde hair, dashing good looks, and a complete inability to believe that it's not butter, because tonight we're listening to the soundtrack of the only NES game with Fabio on the cover, Iron Sword, Wizards and Warriors 2. Iron Sword was released for the Nintendo Entertainment System in December of 1989 by Acclaim. It came almost two years after the release of the original Wizards and Warriors in December of 1987. The game was developed by a subsidiary of Rare at the time called Zippo Games, and since it was a Rare game on the NES, the soundtrack was composed by the legendary David Wise. After his defeat at the hands of Kyros, the evil wizard Malkil took the form of four elementals, wind, fire, water, and earth, and is camped atop Ice Fire Mountain, raining terror down on the land of Sindarin. Kyros, a knight in shining armor, and not Fabio, continues his quest to rid the world of Malkil's dark magic, and thus the adventure begins. As a sequel, Iron Sword was successful in just about every way possible. Everything was bigger, more interactive, harder, and more fun to play. However, the biggest improvements had to be the graphics and the sound. Anyone who's played this game remembers the Eagle, or the Dragon King, or the Giant Frog, or the incredible boss elementals. Not that the first game is ugly, but Iron Sword sticks out as one of the best-looking games on the NES. There was all sorts of technical wizardry involved, with like, combining sprites with background images to make these giant creatures. Um, co- coupling that with some really excellent art direction, Zippo Games created a, a perfect storm of awesome visuals. But then there was the unforgettable soundtrack. David Wise is one of my all-time favorite composers. He is right up there with Kondo and Tanaka, as far as I'm concerned. In case you don't already know the name, he's the man responsible for music in games like Battletoads, Cobra Triangle, RC Pro-Am, Donkey Kong Country, the, the, the whole series of Donkey Kong Country games, and countless other classics, including the uh, three other Wizards and Warriors games. Wizards and Warriors, Wizards and Warriors 3, Kuro's Visions of Power, and Wizards and Warriors X, Fortress of Fear. Uh, Iron Sword, though, is, as far as I'm consider- concerned, the best of his Wizards and Warriors soundtracks, and that's saying something, considering that the series has some killer music. It's not quite the super happy music of Mario or Kirby, it's not quite the rock soundtrack of Mega Man or Castlevania, Iron Sword's music, to me, is all about determination. The game's hard, and I can't imagine that I would have had the patience to beat it as a kid if it weren't for this incredible music. It rewards you when you win. It drives you to climb and invigorates you to fight bosses. It's as epic as a fantasy movie score. At the same time, it's as melodic and memorable as classic video game soundtracks should be. It's a truly singular collection of music, and if you've never heard it before you're in for a real treat. Our first track is going to be of the title screen, and it's impressive from the get-go. It starts with this deep, bassy riff that's accompanied by an incredibly detailed image of Kuros in full-body armor. Uh, He's holding a giant vertical sword because um, the NES couldn't 
do as much with horizontal sprites as it could with vertical ones. So he's holding this big sword, and it's just this really awesome detailed picture. Uh, and I had read from one of the art directors in the game that it was supposed to invoke the images of like the kind of still shots you would see in um, like PC games from the time. Because a lot of people at Zippo... Um, right? Zippo, that's what they're called? Yes. Yay! Uh, a lot of people at Zippo were coming off of PC programming at the time, and this was their first NES game. And they really wanted to be as visually stimulating as possible. Um, the title screen music from Wizards of Warriors, the original Wizards of Warriors, was a tough act to follow. Um, it's a great, great song, and it's reprised once in Wizards of Warriors 3, but really that track is is so good. But David Wise pulled out all the stops and started this game off with an appropriately epic fashion. It's a complicated track that uses the NES sound to its fullest. So I'm going to stop talking about it. Here is track number one, title screen. screen to Iron Sword was Warriors 2 and holy crap like oh <laughs> that sound is just wonderful it's it sounds so much deeper than a lot of songs on the NES sound like you can still tell it's it's chip tunes and NES bleeps and bloops but it just it has this very deep deep sound to it and oh god I love that track um so while that thing is going, it's not just that static image of Kuros. It shows like a uh, high score thing, because high scores were a thing back in games like this. It didn't make any sense, but whatever. Uh, and then it also did this this scroll of the story of the game, and just kind of explaining what happened after Wisdom Warriors 1, and, and how it leads into Wisdom Warriors 2. So, um... You hit start, you, you enter your name for whatever purpose, and then you, you start up the game, and a little map shows up that has this strange little uh, tune over it. We're not going to play that one. It's just like kind of a very, very short riff, and it's really not all that remarkable because it's sandwiched in between these two just incredible tracks. Uh, so this next track I'm going to call Mountain. Um, there's not really, as far as I can tell, there's not really a proper name for it, and the track gets used over and over again, but it does tend to get used a lot on mountains, and uh, you start the game at the base of a mountain. So the first elemental you're after is the uh, wind elemental, and you start at the bottom of this mountain, and you climb your way to the top, and there's this 
eagle up there that's demanding an egg. So you go, you find the golden egg, you bring it to the eagle, and he, he flies you away. But this is the first real stage song in the game, and it is a, it is just it's pure determination. It's like I just don't really know how else to explain it. So so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna listen to the song first, and then we're gonna talk about it. So here is track number two of the night, Mountain. I'm talking about that was ju it just kind of really again I talk about this a lot how, how music does such a good job of setting the stage and this is really just sets that stage it's like it kind of starts off there's not a lot of action hitting you right away see this isn't a game like a Mega Man where there's just there's you're you're under constant siege there's a sense of exploration to this but there's also you're at the foot of a mountain and you need to make it to the top and there's it there's it's not a metaphor or anything. It's like you are climbing a mountain. Like this is something that is going to require determination and pinpoint accuracy with your platforming. And it's not like there's a ton of enemies everywhere, but some of the enemies that do show up, they can do massive amounts of damage to you. It is very easy to die at the beginning of this game. You don't have a helmet. You're just a knight in armor with giant eyeballs for some reason, which look a little out of place. But regardless, this song, and each time that it's used, every time it comes back, it's always exciting to hear it because it's, it's just got such a good rhythm to it, and it's just got the way it just kind of travels in and out of just having that really good, good bass line, that really good beat, and then it just kind of changes itself up with the the syncopation. It's it's very ah, 
I, I digress. Um, like I said before, you start at the base of this mountain, you work your way up, you have to get the golden egg, and then you go talk to this eagle, and you give the egg to the eagle, and the eagle uh, agrees to carry you up into the clouds. And this is how we get to the, the second track of the game, which is probably the most used track in the game. You, you hear this next one that is called Clouds, uh, I guess, more often than anything else. Um, let's see, uh, it plays again in the, uh, the forest in the second stage, plays again during the fire elemental. And, you know, just like Mountain, it's, it's the kind of song that you hear every single time you hear it. You, you, I never got sick of it. You know, you would expect... There would be different songs for all the different stages, but for, for whatever reason, every time this song came up, never get sick of it. So when you're first hearing this song in the beginning of the game, uh, probably the most amazing visual piece of the game is this eagle. Because the way it's animated, just the way it works with the colors, you really have to see it to believe it. Um, watch a YouTube video if, if you can, but really playing this game and seeing it for yourself on, this, on a screen is just... It is a stunning piece of animation. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous eagle. And this eagle carries you up into the clouds where all these big white puffy clouds are very bouncy and you can, you know, the more you jump on them, they're almost like trampolines and you can just bounce higher and higher. It's, it, it really just kind of throws things around a lot because Wizards and Warriors is us largely, it, it's very much a platforming game. The actual combat takes a v very deep backseat to the platforming. It's all about the jumping and having the environment be these like just bouncy clouds, which are really well drawn, uh, adds add a really fun and unique element to it, especially for people who had played the first Wizards and Warriors coming into this one. So uh, without further ado, here's track number three, Clouds.
Now again, this isn't an overly complex song. This isn't, uh, in fact, it's not even as complicated as Mountain, but it's, it's again, a determination. It just, it's full of determination. Like, you've just climbed a mountain and were carried into the clouds by an eagle, and now you're just bouncing around finding all these secret rooms and eventually you have to find... The way this game works is that you have to go after the elementals one after another, and in each stage you have to find a specific spell that kills the uh, the elemental. So you're traveling around looking for keys, and the keys open the treasure chests, and treasure chests have all kinds of different treasures in them, and eventually one of those treasure chests is going to have um, whatever spell you need to take on that stage's elemental. And uh, the first one is, I believe, called Windbane, and every time you you know swing your sword a little three dots shoot out of it so it's adorable <laughs> but so you find windbane and you're you're just bouncing around to this incredible song um which i again just the the feeling of determination the feeling of just like I, i'm just keeping moving forward never leaves while you're listening to this music and eventually you get to the first boss the wind elemental himself or itself i'm gonna say him kind of looks like a dude but this is the second major just visual spectacle in this game um after the eagle once you get to this this cloud elemental it's just you're walking along this flat platform with a, which which is made out of clouds and you get to the end and it's this giant face made out of clouds and it it's essentially background material it's not animated but because all this other stuff is moving around it and it's shooting these tornadoes and all these these little creatures are coming out and whatever the heck else is hitting you while you're you're fighting it it seems very imposing because it's gigantic. It's it's so much larger than you are, and it's so much larger than most bosses you've ever fought in an NES game. And even though it's not moving, every time you hit it with Windbane, the screen just flashes different colors. And I don't really mean like a, a necessarily like a flash like the invincibility in Super Mario Brothers. It's, it goes in almost a gradient, just kind of a slow change in colors, like to to see that you're doing damage to it which is also doing damage to the entire stage around you. It's it's really an impressive visual thing, but it's 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 compounded by the fact that this music is really cool on top of it. Uh, so when you hear this song start, um, which was going to be track number four, Wind Elemental, is uh, you'll hear the a wind sound effect that's part of the song. And, and obviously this, the NES couldn't really do a wind sound effect all that great. It just kind of sounds like static. But because the song takes place where it takes place, you can tell what it's supposed to mean. And it's just a, it's, it's a really cool track, and it's not that long. But then again, the boss fight really isn't all that long either. Which is, I guess, one of the cool things about the bosses in this game. Um, and it really reminds me a lot of the Kraid boss in Super Metroid. It's, they're these giant creatures, but when you really get down to it, they're not that hard. <laughs> you just kind of have to hit them a bunch of times, and then they're dead. Uh, so they're far more imposing than they are actually difficult. Their bark is le much louder than their bite. So here is track number four, Wind Elemental. <laughs> You see, now this track 
<laughs> it, 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 this actually, much like a couple of other tracks in this game, always kind of struck me as almost unfinished. But it really makes sense for the way that the, the sound effects are going to be working while you're fighting this character to not have the music be overly complex. Because the NES's sound chip was so limited that you would lose pieces of music in favor of sound effects from time to time. Um, so as you're attacking this, this, this creature, the wind elemental, and if you play your cards right, you can defeat him pretty quickly, so the fact that the, so the song is so short doesn't really matter too much. And if it does repeat, it's not the most natural thing in the world, but it doesn't sound bad. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty much how that works. Um, but boy, what a, what a great little song, the way it builds. Just the way it, it hits with that bass drum over and over again, like right after it does that neat little build-up, and then it just hits with that bass drum over and over again, and then it just kind of resolves itself with that short but intense little burst there. Uh, even though it's missing the drums, which is kind of why it always made me feel like it was unfinished, it didn't. It doesn't really matter when you're fighting the wind elemental because you go in there and you just start mashing the buttons, and then the battle's over. And once the battle is over, you get to hear this wonderful little boss-defeated track, which we're going to save for a little later in the evening because uh, we're going to move on uh, to the rest of the game. But after you beat the uh, the bosses, you get yourself a piece of the titular iron sword. And after you beat all four of the elementals, you get all four pieces of the sword and yada yada yada. It's, it's a very creative storyline. You've never heard anything like it, I promise. Uh, <laughs> so the next stage that you go to, after you beat the, the wind elemental, um, you wind up the the you're fighting the water elemental so you start in a forest and the stage starts with you falling just falling and falling through the sky which makes sense because you just finished fighting the wind elemental and you land in these trees and again it's playing the clouds music so um it hasn't been that long since you heard the song but for some reason it works again in this stage like a, a lesser song now obviously they could have composed new music but Cartridge limitations, who knows why they went with what they went with, but the fact that it's playing this song and it didn't bother me it was really just a testament to how great the song was, but it's playing the cloud music again while you're, you're traveling through the forest and you meet up this giant frog that's looking for um, a fly, it's a golden fly, much like the, the eagle that's looking for the golden egg. You run around, you get treasure chests, you find the fly, you bring him back to the frog. The frog lets you move forward and, and travel down this cavern in order to get to the this underwater zone where the uh, water elemental is. And actually, when you first go down there, you land right in front of the water elemental. Like You can just move right over to the right and try to fight him. You can't hurt it. Um, and the water elemental is probably the least impressive looking of the elemental bosses because the, the water elemental just appears to be a face floating in a... Uh, a fish tank. It's a giant blue fish tank, and, and the face is really creepy looking, but you're fighting on this uh, moving water the whole time that's pushing you back, and so uh, you wind up going to the left and traveling down into a, a water cavern that's like completely underwater, and your your movements are like a character underwater you would expect in an old Nintendo game, and you just kind of float around and, and find your way to uh, the spell that beats the water elemental. I think it's called Water Smite? I'm actually going to see if I can remember all four of these as we go along, and I don't think I can, but I'm pretty sure the second one's called Water Smite. And uh, you find your way back up to the water elemental, and you fight him. But the song that we're going to play right now is the actual, uh, the underwater segment. So the part where you're venturing around in these underwater caves trying to find Water Smite. Which, no, it's not called Water Smite. There's no way, because I think it's called Fire Smite. I'm going to have to look this up while we're playing the music. But anyway, this next track is called Underwater, and it is a very interesting song. Enjoy. 
Blightwater. That's the name of the spell. It's called Blightwater. And uh, that's what you're trying to get. So so this track was was a pretty interesting interesting song. It's like I don't know, it's very different from all the rest of the music in the game. It's it still kinda has that slight air of determination to it, but really this one it almost kind of feels like more relaxed. There doesn't really seem to be that that undertone of dread to it while you're floating around underwater looking for spells, um, which is which is really interesting. This this song really kind of stands out among the other tracks. Uh, it's probably not my favorite track. Um, I don't know. There's something oddly. Uh, there's just something odd about it. But it's a really good song, and well, you know, it's pretty neat. <laughs> so anyway, you get yourself uh, Blightwater. Find yourself back up to that room where the uh, water elemental was, which uh, you heard earlier and will be hearing again right now. Uh, you didn't hear it earlier. You heard it in the game, but you didn't hear it in the podcast earlier. So you're going to hear it right now. Uh, so what we're going to play right now is track number six, Water Elemental. Now, much like the Wind Elemental song, this one is is short, and uh, if you have you know you have the, your 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 spell the way you want it to be, you can you can defeat the Water Elemental pretty quickly. But this one doesn't feel as unfinished as the other one does. It's also a little bit less uh, immediate. Uh, it just this is this is a little bit more dreadful, and and which is kind of neat because of the way you fall down into this area and you have the opportunity to go and try to fight the boss when you can't possibly defeat him or just run away. So it's Again, the boss itself, as big as it is, uh, this one doesn't really strike the same fear as the cloud, ele- the wind elemental did. But the music really adds that sense of dread to it, which is very, very cool. Um, and and just another great track. A little short, but great. Moving on, the next elemental you're going to fight is the fire elemental, and um, you start on a mountain, which plays the the cloud song again. Um, uh, but the next, after you get to the top of the mountain, you you have to find this dragon and this uh, this dragon king, which is really cool looking dragon. This is drawn incredibly well. Uh, it's looking for a golden crown. So, same thing. Jump around, go into different caves, find secret entrances, eventually find the golden crown, bring it to the dragon. The dragon stops blowing um, smoke through the, the top of the volcano and you can go down into it. And once you go down into the volcano, it's kind of this just big, wide-open area where the boss is. Again, kind of like the water elemental, except the water elemental was just this really short little stage. And the the fire elemental is like, it's this giant area. um, And you can eventually just kind of go down to this corner, and it's this pool of lava with a a face floating around in it that looks really cool. uh, so, so obviously you can get to the thing, much like the water elemental. You can't do anything to it until you get fire smite. So, as you're traveling around the inside of this lava cave, this this next track is going to be playing, which is the track number seven, fire elemental. And this song, it 
sounds hot. Like, I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just a, the, the connection that I have in my head fa- looking at it and knowing where it happens in the game, but for some reason this music just sounds hot. This music just sounds like the inside of a volcano to me, and it's great. So here is track number seven, Fire Elemental. this track is playing you'll you'll get a uh, fire smite and you'll travel over to this this pool of lava that's got this little floating face in it and this one's actually a much longer fight than the other ones are because uh, this one requires a lot more precision where the other, the the wind and water elementals you just kind of shoot in their general direction and it does damage this one fire smite is this kind of oval that shoots out of your sword and kind of falls down and you need to drop these little bombs into the character's face uh, the elemental's face is moving back and forth it's a really neat boss fight it's it's not overly difficult and it's not really a, a fast-paced high stakes kind of thing it's much more plotting it's much more uh deliberate in in all of your movements which is really cool it's a nice uh, change for the way the rest of this game has been progressing um but you beat the fire elemental, you go into the cave, you get the third piece of the iron sword, and then you're on to the last elemental, the earth elemental. Uh, now, this one also, surprise, takes place on a mountain, but all the mountains look pretty different from one another. Um, the first game suffered from this situation where all these caves you traveled through looked almost exactly the same, just a different color. Uh, and the earth elemental has a pretty cool uh, pretty cool look to it. It's a, it's, it's a little bit more gray than the other ones. Um, so in this one, you're looking for Earth Scorch, uh, is the spell you're looking for. And in order to get to it, you're going to have to get past a um, uh, a bear who is looking for... I forget. I actually have no idea what golden thing the bear was looking for. But uh, I know the bear has this very funny animation. You get up to the bear, and, and if you don't have what he's looking for, he just kind of pushes his arms out to the side, and you fly across the stage. It's... It's very bizarre and very, very amusing, which I like that this game kind of kept the slight sense of humor that Wizard Warriors has. It's as serious and awesome as the music is. It never really takes itself too, too seriously. And this bear is just, it just cracks me up. I don't know why the bear is hysterical. So you find whatever it is that the bear is looking for. I'm going to say a golden jar of honey. I don't know why. It's just sticking out in my head. Maybe it's all the Winnie the Pooh, but whatever. If you find this bear's uh, thing, and the bear lets you pass, you go inside the mountain uh, into these uh, much deeper caves. And, you know, the mountain is playing the mountain theme again. The deep caves are playing the clouds song again. Uh, and then you get to the earth elemental, which is like this this stone wall that has this really creepy face carved out of it. And it just throws rocks at you and shooting all kinds of crap out of its eyes. It's, it's a 
it's a strange fight, and it's a little bit... It's kind of a combination of the other battles that you've faced so far, where you're just kind of shooting straight at the character, but it takes a bit longer than the other ones did, because the Earth Elemental is strong. Like, this guy can do some serious damage, so you really have to be paying close attention to what's happening to you and get as many hits as in as you can because you're going to be taking damage just getting close enough to this thing to fight it so here is another relatively intense track track number eight earth elemental This is another short track, like all the other boss songs were relatively short tracks, but I remember very specifically dying on this guy a lot. I just have very distinct memories of this music playing and kind of going through its odd looping structure as my character died and his little leg dangled back and forth, but... It's it's just another really intense track, and again, hitting with that determination theme, this song just exemplifies determination yet again. It, it it just makes you really want to drive through and beat this boss, and you eventually do, uh, or or you don't, and you get a game over and start over. But let's pretend you actually did get a game over. Let's say you didn't defeat the boss. That's what this next track is going to be. The next track is track number nine, which is Store and Game Over, and this is the music that plays in stores because there's shops littered throughout the course of this game that have this very enthusiastic shopkeeper behind them and the same interior no matter where you are in the world. Um, that sells you all sorts of things. Uh, and it also plays during the Game Over sequence. And it's weird how this song works in both those situations, because in the store, it's the mu this music's playing and it sounds safe, because you're in a safe zone, you're in a store, nothing's going to attack you there. But it also sounds sad when it's playing as the Game Over theme, even though it's the exact same song. The context that it's played in tends to change the meaning a bit. So it's it's a it's a pretty versatile track and it's very impressive. Um so without further ado, track number nine, store slash game over. This is a safe song and a game over song. So it's, I love how versatile this track is. I love how it works in both of those situations. And it works perfectly for both of those situations. Like you can really hear how the music works 
as 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 safety and as sadness and it's 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 kind of cool it doesn't exactly drive you to start the game up again uh when it's the game over music i mean at least it never really did for me um because it's just like oh geez do i really want to do this again like man that's painful but um i always did pick the game up again because it is a really fun game uh now the next track we're going to play is uh called boss defeated now, after you beat every single one of the elementals, you, you find yourself in tide, in, inside a s very small cave with nothing in it but a piece of the iron sword. And they're all really cool-looking caves, and this, this song is just is very relieving. Because while determination is this, this piece that's going through, the, the theme that kind of moves through all of this music, this song, Boss Defeated, is relief. It's nothing but reward. It's it's majestic, it's exciting, and it's relieving. And um, you, you just kind of want to hang out in the cave for a minute. Like, you, you just got done these awesome, awesome intense battles, and nothing else is going on in these caves. You can just you can sit there and jump around and do absolutely nothing, and the stage won't end until you exit. Uh, you just exit to the right, and, and then you move on to the next stage. So you just kind of take this minute to soak in this music and soak in this brief moment where you just you got your reward. Let me take a breath for a minute before moving on to the next stage. So here is track number 10, Boss Defeated. <laughs> Now the next track we're going to listen to is is kind of a treat because um, it doesn't belong to anything. Uh, track eleven is unused track, and it sounds like some sort of ending song, some sort of celebration. It's it's really hard to to describe. It's just it's weird because it wasn't used in the game, and this kind of happened from time to time in a lot of retro, a lot of older games. Is you'll when people do these game reps where they pull all the, the information out of the actual cart and they'll find, oh wow, here's here's some music that just just wasn't used. This just wasn't part of the game. That's weird. Uh, and that's exactly what this track is. So if you've ever played through this game uh, from beginning to end, there's a good chance you've never heard this song uh, unless you've found the, the game rip of the soundtrack somewhere online. Now, I could be wrong, and, and I've, I've played through this game a couple of times. I've, I've watched a couple of YouTube playthroughs of it, and I've never seen this track actually used in the game. So to the best of my knowledge, this is an unused track. Now, if you do know where this, game, this song is somewhere in the game, kindly let me know. I would love to hear about it. So... Um, if you actually know... Some, if you know something I don't, then by all means... Let me know, because I would love to know where this song is in the game. Uh, otherwise, there's just the mystery of, of what was this song intended for? What was its purpose? And uh, I would think that it, it just the way it sounds kind of strikes me as a bit of an ending song, but who really knows? So here is track 11, Unused Track. <laughs> Thank you. 
little, uh, it's, it's almost like a dance number, like a, like a waltz, like you could imagine, you know, res... It's, you could imagine rescuing some sort of princess to this song, but you're not rescuing a princess in this game. You're just out to kill Malkiel. No princesses to be found. Uh, so, <laughs> unused track. Uh, I included that one over some other actual songs that are in this game because it's just a far more interesting piece of music. It's it 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 stuck out to me so much when I heard it the first time that just I, I wish it found a, a home in the game and I really wish I could find out what its intended purpose was because it's just such an interesting little song. But here we are at the end of the night. This next one is going to be our very last track and it is my favorite track in the game. Um, and this is the song used for the last battle. Uh, you, you've you've defeated all of the the boss elementals, and you're now at the base of Icefire Mountain and climbing your way up. And when you finally make it inside Icefire Mountain, the song that plays is uh, the same song that's used for this kind of chance game that you can do at the shops throughout the course of the the adventure. And, and I don't really love the song. It's not bad. It's just not really all that interesting to listen to on its own. And it's very very repetitive. Um, it really it works for the situation that it's used in, but nothing, nothing really hits it like this last battle song does. Because once you get outside and you're actually on the peak of Icefire Mountain, all four of the elementals, these little smaller versions of them, start flying across the screen and attacking you at once. And it's just it's it's terrifying because you can't see them. They move really quickly. They just kind of fly across the screen, dropping bombs on you and whatever else, whatever other powers they have. But these representations of the elementals just start flying around attacking you. And this song is incredible because this song sounds like exhaustion. It sounds like it's exciting because you're invigorated to fight this last boss. It's terrifying because you're you fought so hard to get here and you know that whatever this is is going to be difficult and it's going to take a long time and the song is prepared to be a long battle unlike all the other boss music in the game it's it's very short this song is is very well designed to loop and it's not what you would expect it to be it's not like a you know super driving or super energetic track it's it sounds exhausted but exciting at the same time and 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 I, I, I guess that's the best way that I could possibly describe it. It's just like, it sounds like, tri- it sounds like triumphant. It sounds like your your battle is your 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 journey is almost done, and this is the last thing you have to do. And you know you can win if you just try hard enough. It's it, it's very good at filling you with confidence, but it's also very good at re- reminding you that so much is behind you, so much is at stake right now. Because if you lose this battle, you're gonna have to do it all over again. And if you win this battle, you have defeated the crap out of this game. And it's it's just an extraordinary track. I love this song to death. So here is track number 12, Last Battle. Thank you. 
I said this once during Mega Man X. I use this song to go running too. Like if I, if I'm exercising and this song comes on, I'm like, all right, just a little bit further, you can do it. And and this song is just great for that. It's a, such an amazing song. I, if I were wearing a hat, I would be consistently tipping it to David Wise. He did just he's he's done such remarkable stuff throughout the course of his career. And this Iron Sword soundtrack is really just some of his best work on the NES. The the instrument choices are are so uniquely him, and songs like this are just they they just they're exactly right for what they are, and they're not what you would expect. Which is one of the things I liked so much about this soundtrack entirely is that a lot of music from the NES era on these kinds of platforming adventure games or action games have a have a kind of a style to them that are very you know, ba- you know, slightly based in rock, but very, very energetic based. And this this soundtrack really just plays to the fact, to the very nature of the game being more of a platformer than an action game, uh, but still being you know with with kind of a, a serious and and difficult tone to it. The soundtrack played that so well, and this being the final boss music, this kind of it's got a lot of major notes in it and and it's not the kind of stuff that you would typically expect from a final big epic final battle music the fact that it, it was it was that and it does it, it does it does not being that so well is just intensely impressive to me much like the rest of this game and the rest of this soundtrack uh unfortunately this game can only be played via the cartridge uh, this game's never this and and the other wisdom warriors games i'm not sure if it's it's because of something related to the fact that they were published by Acclaim. As far as I know, these are rare properties, and um, they've never been re-released on anything, and they're not going to be on that uh, crazy rare epic collection that's coming out for the Xbox One. So I'm really not sure where the rights stand on this one, but the games aren't that tough to find. They're they're not extraordinarily expensive, especially the first two. Uh, and if you do find them, they're, they're really a treat. They're a unique kind of action-adventure game that, you know, you're a knight with a sword that you barely use the sword of it's all about the jumping but it's a very cool game uh it's gets an incredible soundtrack as you just heard and i I can't recommend tracking it down enough it's really really well worth your time and that's our show tune in next time we'll be hitting our very first double feature episode featuring the soundtracks of super mario brothers and super mario land as always, I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories of these games, so if you like, you can send them to mail at geekade.com. Also check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com. Thanks again for listening, and have a great night. Mm-hmm.